Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. Quality performance starts with a positive attitude. And that is a quote by Jeffrey Jutomer. Welcome again and hello, hello. I'm glad you've joined me here at The Profitable Photographer. Today's topic I'm calling Be Careful of the Gopher Hole. <laughs> and I'll tell you more what I mean by that. Um, before I get started, I want to remind you that I have this amazing group called the Marketing Mastermind group and we are having so much fun and so much education. I would love for you to join us. I have space for about three or four more people as of this posting and if you're listening to this in the future uh, like months from now know that this is an ongoing group and so there may be space for you or if it gets um, where there's lots of interest in more people I'll start a second group. It's been really, really powerful. So you can just go to lucydumascoaching.com, Lucy with an I, and contact me there for more info. Or you can just send me an email or even a DM in Facebook. And by the way, if you haven't joined my private Facebook group called The Profitable Photographer, please do. And I appreciate if you also like my page called The Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. Okay, here we go. Buckle up. <laughs> I was reviewing a photographer's price list. She had it in a very nice um, magazine, which I don't necessarily recommend for a lot of reasons, but that's not the topic today. And I was appreciating the fact that her pricing to me had profit in it. And I could see how she would be able to get some nice sales using her pricing, you know, her cost of goods. She had that figured out nicely. And then all of a sudden I came to a page where it felt like I'd stepped in a gopher hole <laughs> and fell on my knees. Um, I don't know if you've ever been walking or running somewhere where everything looked great. And then all of a sudden there was a hole, like a rabbit hole or a gopher hole and it totally unepped it. And it totally unended. No, what's the word for that? Anyway, you ended up tripping and falling or slowing down. And that is not what you want to do in your business is to have everything built really well, but have these little things that you don't do. These little, I guess I'll call them mistakes. You know, you could call them growth opportunities if you know, but there are things that you can be mindful of so that you end up not losing what could normally be a really great sale with clients that absolutely love to invest well in your work. So in this particular case, the um, what I'm calling the gopher hole is that she had some items that a savvy client could see that this is actually a really cheap way to get a lot of photographs. One of the things was that she had many accordion books. And you got three for about the price of one and a half, eight by tens. And I know these are very 
expensive to purchase. But if you've got a mini accordion book and it's got five photographs on either side, how nice for the client to be able to get all of those and not have to invest well in your work. She also had a folio that had like two or three eight by tens or five by sevens for less than the price of those three eight by tens plus what it would cost to purchase a folio. Now, those kind of items can be good in a price list. In my opinion, they need to either be very high priced and then have a purchase with purchase price or have them as a gift with purchase. So that's the story and what prompted me to make this list of of things to caution you about. Um, And it can be little things, but it's little things that can really cost you money. All right. So I've already mentioned um, in the category of your price list, having some things on the price list that um, are really not priced appropriately based on everything else and what your goals are. You know, for me, I want people to buy wall portraits. So if they're going to get some, what I call trinkets, um, used to see a lot of photo jewelry as trinkets and different things. If I were to include those, it would only be available once I've achieved what I think is the best benefits for my client, which is art in their homes and albums they can sit down and enjoy. Um, Another thing that I see often is having too many choices or a confusing layout. So be sure that you've got it simple to um, for a client to understand. And also you need to make sure that you time when you talk about your pricing or show your pricing. For me, I do that at a consultation after having given them just um, a little qualifying question on the phone that is, um, and I got this from my, my buddy, Charles Lewis, decades ago. I say, most pe- I say most people invest a minimum of X to X. This might include something nice for your home and a few smaller ones for the office or for family. Does this fit within your budget? And the X to X number, I don't really say X, of course, I figure out what my least expensive wall portrait and a couple five by sevens would cost and give them that range. And I emphasize the word minimum. And I've mentioned this before on my show, but I find that if they're comfortable and they prepay somewhere around five, 600, then they are almost always going to be comfortable investing thousands. Uh, Another thing is basing your, okay, so number one was uh, if you're going to sell some small things or trinkets, be careful. Number two is having a clear, um, non-confusing price list. And by the way, it's always wise to go high to low because then the low seems more affordable. And also if you're going to do packages, I suggest you put them down below and if you Um, do them. You want to have a good, better, best and have the better be the most appealing where you actually earn the most and have potential to add on to that sale. All right. Number three is about when you talk about money. And then number four um, is you want to be careful not to make assumptions based on either your own spending habits, like, well, I would never spend that on photographs or based on your comfort zone. 
Um, and that is a very common mindset. And in my experience, I have personally seen how um, receiving certain amounts are kind of scary even to think about. I do remember breaking the $1,000 uh, ceiling, saying that again without the, uh, I do remember breaking that $1,000 ceiling and how scary and exciting that was. And then I remember the 2000 and then I remember the 5000 And one of my favorite stories is about the $20,000 sale where I knew the client was good to go at whatever I was going to charge her, but it was very scary for me to even say the words $20,000. And I had to sit with that for two weeks before I could call her and actually say it and not go into a discount. Another, so number six, a possible, so number six in the gopher hole, (laughs) uh, sorry. So number six is failing to tell your past clients about your prices, especially if they've gone up significantly since their last visit. And I would say something that is a mistake is if you don't have another consultation with them because you want to keep planting seeds and you want to keep building your relationship, getting them to trust you now and understanding your pricing. Number seven is that you want to be sure you know your margins. I didn't know what that word meant, even though I knew about my margins until I watched Shark Tank. And it's about actually your cost of goods. So, so for example, if an album that I'm going to be purchasing costs four or $500 and I'm charging $3,000 for that, then I know I have $2,500 in there that if I was going to do any bundling to make a sale, I've got some, some play in that. If I was, on the other hand, only selling it for $1,200, then I can't be discounting. Um, Oops, I don't like discounts, but um, I can't be reducing the price in a bundle. And because I only have two, I can't be reducing the price on that in some kind of bundle very much because I don't have much margin for that. All right. So um, another category. So that was seven tips on the price list. Another category is really how you pre-qualify and prepare clients for the sale. And I do that by phone. I do not carry on relationships in texts and emails other than uh, details now and then that we have to have little quick conversations. A great phone call where I establish my leadership and they trust me. I get to know them. They feel comfortable with me. And then consultation so that I can get them even more excited and also prepare them for what's going to be happening at the sales system is an important part of how I end up with a great sale at the end. All right. So part three is how I sell and show my work. So for me, and I'm sure you all have learned this if you've listened to me at all, is I firmly believe in the power of selling in person with a projector big so that they can have the full emotional impact. And also what you see is what you order. So if I'm only showing, let's say, little paper proofs or it's on an iPad or even a normal person's television It's not as big as what I want them to purchase. And often if people see something one size, they're going to order the next size down. Now, 
Zoom, of course, is the second best option, in my opinion, if we can't meet in person where we can show something large. So um, I have a, a few little special things that I would do on Zoom to uh, help them see the, I have a few little special things that I do differently on Zoom to get them um, enticed to purchase larger portraits. One of the conversations lately on um, a thread in a Facebook group has been about online galleries. And most of my colleagues and friends who have thriving businesses, have great sales, have said that they've never been able to get a good sale on an online gallery and they don't know anybody that does unless it's a volume or unless you've paid in advance. Some of the challenge with online galleries is that you can't control how people see your work you can't control the emotional impact and there's no urgency. So you can waste a lot of time just helping people navigate, figure out how to order, saying they forgot, can you repost? And, you know, it can just get messy. So I recommend if you're not going to meet them in person that you set up sales appointments. Number two in the how you show and sell your work is that you want people to be comfortable and be able to relax, but not fall asleep <laughs> and not have like their back hurt or something like that. I do not like most people's couches and I love a good looking office chair that looks pretty much like home furniture so that my clients, I've got five of them in my conference room and I set it up like a little theater when we're doing the sales appointment. So having them be comfortable and be prepared to hang out with me for quite a while is another tip that helps you avoid the, the gopher hole or the, the, that helps you avoid that, that gopher hole. Because if people are uncomfortable, they're just going to want to get it over and get out of there. All right. Another category is your process of assigning value and planting those seeds for purchase. As I mentioned, so number one is that we want to build a relationship where we have a nice connection. They like you, you like them, they feel valuable, they feel connected in their heart even more than they were before this process to the people they love. And we want them to see us as professional and trust our leadership. Number two in that planting seeds is helping think about wall portraits and where they might go and have them measure those spaces, those processes, as well as helping them understand how they will feel when the portrait is in their home or portraits is a really big step in getting those better sales. All right, next part is do's and don'ts in the sales session. So one problem I see people make is not being organized or having a plan to help your clients select portraits. Uh, somebody that I had a chat with said that they just kind of show them and then say, what do you like? And then what do you want to buy? And I recommend a series of steps. It's something I teach in my sales program, both one-on-one -on -one and I do have an online course that's available if you're ever interested in learning my step-by-step -step course, step-by-step. -step. <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, so it's like an orchestra conductor. You are leading them to the purchases. Number two, 
would be not being clear in advance that this is going to be the time that they order. I like to call it my viewing appointment and sales session. Sometimes people say the reveal or the viewing, and those to me are not as powerful as if you're saying this is the time you're going to order. Number three, and this came up in a post where I asked this actual question um, in a Facebook group, and over and over and over, people said talking too much in a sales session, talking too much in a sales session, and not listening. For example, if your total, let's say, is five thousand, a lot of people, if you're kind of nervous about that number, would say, "Well, the total comes to five thousand, and then I don't know what you might keep saying, but continue to say something like, "I think these are going to be beautiful and." Um, maybe we can have a nice frame and I don't know, what do you think? So <laughs> I'm not in the habit of it anymore of continuing to talk after I give the number, but the word of wisdom from everybody that posted their suggestions on this is to say the price and then be quiet. And that gives a sense of confidence. Similar to that is to say a price, but then jump into some discounting very quickly. And that also gives them that impression that your prices are not your prices, that you don't feel good about it, and that maybe you're not worth it. The next one is a big one, in my opinion, and that is not allowing enough time for a sales session. Now, I tell people it might take three hours. But to not plan something where they're meeting a friend for dinner or having reservations or that they need to pick their child up or something like that, because you can get right to the edge and they're just about to finish. And then they say, I just really have to go. And what are you going to say to that? Like, no, you have to leave your kids stranded there on the football field. No. So I... It's a pre-planning where I let them know. Now, if somebody says that, I ask how much time we have so that I can do my best to get to a conclusion. So the next thing, and I think I'm about number four here, is not completing the sale and getting the money, at least something in advance. So many times people said, oh, I have a really big sale. And the question is, okay, did you get paid? And then you check back with them and that never comes. So I do not send invoices. I let them know that they need to be prepared with a credit card or checkbook or cash to uh, make the deposit at that time that they make those decisions. Another, so number five would be that a go for whole can be that all of the people who are responsible for purchasing are not at the session. So many times, just heartbreaking. The the mom would be super excited and order really well. And we plan the art. She cries during the session. She's so grateful to me. She writes me a check. She goes home. She's told me that the husband said, go ahead and, you know, make those decisions. But when she gets home and tells him what the bottom line is, he freaks out. He says, call her back. Absolutely. No, you can't spend that. Heartbreaking, isn't it? So having them there is essential. I will say occasionally I've had conversations where the mom said, no, I make all these decisions. You really don't want him there. It's just you and I, and I will ask this question. So if you went shopping for some new furniture for your home, because this is really what you're doing is you're purchasing furniture for your home, art on the walls is furniture. So if you were out shopping for a new, let's say dining set, and it was 
a very significant investment, but you know, you could afford it. You were comfortable and you picked it out and you paid for it with him not even seeing it or knowing the money or knowing the price. Would he be able to say, no, you have to cancel that? Or would he just be fine with it? Or maybe you don't even tell him. And if they say, yeah, he'd be fine with it. Or I don't even tell him what I spend on home decor. Then sure. Come in by yourself. Uh, Oh, another little one is, this is big. If they bring the kids, that can really make it hard. Or if you're going to their home that they don't have some supervision for the children. Because a sales session, like I said, you're like an orchestra conductor. And you're wanting to, maybe it's a little culty. You're (laughs) you're wanting to kind of control their emotions and the flow and what's going on in their minds. And any disruption uh, can be really difficult, especially um, like, yes, if they have a brand new baby, that is often necessary. You need to bring the baby, but children get really bored in the dark. And at a sales session, it might be fun at first to see them, but after that, uh, it's not good. Learn that the hard way. So basically, you want the sales session to have a really nice flow to it. You want them to understand they're going to be purchasing there. You want to eliminate distractions. You want everybody who's going to be part of the decision to be there and and for them to understand pricing at that time. There are some people who do not discuss pricing until the sales session. I don't know how they do this. And I'm sure there are some some tricks where the people understand the level of investment that this might be um, for me. I feel comfortable sending them home at the consultation with some general pricing that they can think about. They can talk to any other people in their household that would be part of the investment. Okay, so when I posted this, I had a really big response And my friend, Erin Bonilla, who, when I started coaching her, she was doing like two or $300 shoot and burn. And now she has a huge, wonderful pet photography business where last month she had almost 50 sessions at a very nice sales average. So super proud of her. And she made this fun long list that I'm sure many of them were things that she learned the hard way. She has other people doing her sales now as well as her. So, you know, these are some things I might not have even ever thought about, but I'm just going to let you know what she says. So one biggie, which I have thought about, and I try not to do is letting them go home to think about it. Another is leaving the room and leaving the images up on the screen. People have been known to take screenshots and then order nothing. So one thing as a salesperson we don't want to do is lie, be in a bad mood and let it show, (laughs) smell bad. (laughs) Uh, For me, having smells like perfume or scented candles is a no-no. Aaron says, don't be drunk. (laughs) Don't fall asleep. Don't use your cell phone. Don't say, hurry up. I need to leave. Don't show irritation with their indecision or if they bring their kids or pets, don't be irritable about that. She says to avoid lots of awkward and inappropriate laughter, dirty jokes, discussions about politics or religion, dressing like a slob, rolling your eyes a lot and sighing with frustration. 
on a more practical level, be sure you take credit cards. And just FYI, I've been happy with Square. There might be other things that are great out there. So far, their system has worked for me. And then the last one was ask, is it cool if I eat? I haven't had lunch yet. And then bust out a hoagie. (laughs) So thank you, Aaron, for that list of tips. And then this is what Megan DiPiero had to say on the subject is the lack of full transparency up front. You want the expectations to match what it is you're offering and how you're running your business. Otherwise, it leads to bad feelings, a dingy reputation, and lousy sales. And I agree with what she says about this. And she also says that the reason people are hesitant to do this is because of fear. If they're fully transparent, they feel that a client might walk away or freak out, but it is better to have a client freak out before the work is done and before damage is caused. So communicate, communicate, communicate. And I want to thank Megan also for those hot tips. So I want to thank you for listening to this long list of don'ts. And I tried to reformat them into the do's so that it's not simply a a negative (laughs) podcast. Before I give you a little quick wrap up, I would love if you would join my private group, The Profitable Photographer in Facebook. I also have an Instagram account that is The Profitable Photographer underscore P-O-D. It would be great if you followed and I'll love to follow you too. And then also if you like my, my page on Facebook, it's The Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. And it'd be so cool if you posted your own do's and don'ts about how to not trip up. Uh, that's what the gopher hole, if you haven't figured it out yet, which hopefully you have, <laughs> I'm talking about things that can trip you up. Uh, so little quick wrap up is you want to be careful in your price list. So it's affordable, not affordable. You want to be careful about your price list so that it is easy to sell from, you know, your margins, it is not confusing. You don't have any of those accidental trinkets or small things that actually could kill a sale. I think the first time I noticed that is when I was working for a studio and she had wallets listed as a single price. And so some people would buy a hundred wallets or 10 wallets, and then maybe they copied them, maybe not, but it gave them the feeling that they had everything they needed. So part two is being sure you pre-qualify your clients. And that would be a whole other show about how to pre-qualify and prepare clients for a sale, but just know that that is critical. The next section was how you show and sell your work. You want it to be comfortable. I recommend in person with a projector. Backup is on Zoom and avoiding online galleries. Oh, I forgot to say sneak peeks. I highly recommend you don't do sneak peeks. It diminishes the enthusiasm and the excitement. And uh, sometimes people don't order the one that's your favorite because they feel like they've already enjoyed it enough. You also want to be planting those seeds for the sale. You know, if they have no idea in advance what they might want or what your goals are, it's harder to get them from zero to eight wall portraits. 
honestly. <laughs> and then the sales session is important. You want to have structure. You want to be the guide. You want to make sure that they're going to be ordering at this time. Don't talk so much, especially when it comes to the money part. Avoid offering discounts. Now, I have been known to create bundles for them to close a sale. That is different. You know, if they're at, let's say, $8,000 and they also want an album and some smalls and they're thinking of reducing those wall portrait orders, I might then create a bundle so that I can include a bunch of smalls and maybe reduce the price on the album so that they keep the wall portraits intact. That's different than a discount. The other was be sure you get the payment up front. And I also forgot to mention that if you're doing a payment plan, you want to have that in writing each payment date, collecting two credit cards so that if one of them has been canceled or it's at its limit, you've got that backup. And then even with a payment plan, you need to get something on deposit when they order. Definitely not sending out invoices. And then um, at the end, Aaron's list, which is basically <laughs> be professional, you know, smell good, look good, smile, have a positive attitude, get your lunch before a session <laughs> and, um, you know, show an interest and be patient and so much more. And those are things I, I never think about because they're just not what I would do, but some salespeople, but some, uh, but some people that you might be hiring might need a little guidance on that. So, all right. Well, thanks again for listening. And it's my pleasure to chat with you anytime. If you have something you want to run by me or problem you're having, feel free to message me either on Facebook or, or the, or email, or you can let me know and we can schedule a quick 20 minute chat. That's all for now. Or we used to say ta-ta for now. <laughs> and uh, until next time, bye. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one -on -one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.